0: And if there's anybody that I know of, player, coach, teacher, student, or anybody that I've ever talked to about hitting, he knows, he knows more about my principles that I believe in hitting than anyone I've ever been with. Thanks, Ted. Thanks for believing in me. I'm Steve Feroli. You are listening to the Ted Williams League Baseball Podcast at the playground or right out in the street. Baseball make life complete. Na, 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 Hi, I'm Steve Veroli, and we've got an exciting podcast for you tonight. So I've been watching the series. Um, and uh, a couple of things come to mind. Number one, love Zach Brown singing the national anthem in Atlanta. Love the tribute to Hank Aaron. Uh, You know, um, I just thought all that was fantastic. Um, Listening to the broadcasters and, um, you know, some media um, over the years, I don't think people realize that statistics are created by technique. So, how you do something is going to gather statistics. And you could make the case, or I think it would be pretty obvious to everyone, if you do not do a good job with the way you're going about it, then chances are you won't have very good statistics. Now, (laughs) what I don't think people understand in professional sports is that that is not exactly true. And let me explain to you what I mean. I think it would be better said that statistics are created by a combination of technique and talent. So, um, for example, years ago I said, if I taught Bo Jackson, he would have killed somebody. Um, I thought that I could have got Danny Ainge to hit when he tried to put, when he was you know trying to play for the Blue Jays. I uh, thought I could have got Michael Jordan to hit. As a matter of fact, I almost got a crack at that. We'll do that in another podcast. Um, there are guys that are loaded with talent, but they just don't know what they're doing. So what you end up with is a combination of talent and technique. And this combination leads to statistics. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is because I think that Major League Baseball is the most talented league in the world. Um, uh, you know, all of our conversation. You can see it on defense. Some of the defense is absolutely spectacular. Um, we have principals that I've been teaching at my camp for years, and I saw Altuve. Tuve Make a play where he was combining several different tests in my camp all in one play it was really really beautiful to watch, and um, while I'm on him too, you'll hear me talk about him a lot, and the reason I do that is because he's a very ironic player to me. He's loaded with talent. His technique is subpar by my standards. Uh, you've heard me talk about him have not having a two-strike stroke and being out of style, um, but but by Major League Baseball standards, he's a great player. As a matter of fact, I saw a stat where he's tied the, you know, the home runs in postseason play in 75 games or something like this, and and it doesn't surprise me one bit. What I'm saying is, there's another whole level of that that you're not even aware of. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, and, and this is a very lonely place for me to be, and I, I, I finally, as I get gray and older, I, I realize why Ted Williams liked me, because he really didn't have anyone to talk to that understood what he was talking about, and then comes this college kid that is full of the science of hitting, and then is, is questioning, intelligently questioning parts of it. And, you know, we'll do that podcast another time. Unbelievable stories. Uh, the, the, the sparring between myself, you know, respectfully, and the greatest hitter that ever have stepped to the plate on technique. The reason I'm bringing all this up is when you hear me rant or whine or criticize or constructively criticize Major League Baseball, there's a reason for that. Um... And, and that reason is is that I think there's a misunderstanding of where statistics come from. Um, and I think I explained it very well. You know, your talent, you're kind of born with. And good, bad, or indifferent, you know, you're kind of stuck with it. And not to say you can't improve your talent, you know. Uh, certainly, I, I'm not far into a gym and weightlifting and, and what that can do for you. But, you know, it can't do... It's not magic. Um, Technique can be magical. You can really make a difference by understanding some technical things that you do not understand. Uh, I talked in a former podcast about my work on the contact point and my work on the stretch position, which is the coupling of the lower and upper body. And those things are now very much in place in Major League Baseball. Uh, I am very impressed with some of the swings, you know, the before two-strike swinging. Um, and I'm not going to get into names and all because I don't know them all that well. I'm not a fan, so I don't want to make, you know, a mistake with their names. But um, uh, some beautiful swings, um, just really A-level swings. Timing, <laughs> different subject. Two-strike hitting, different subject. Style, different subject. And that's why, uh, you know, I hear everybody talking about, oh, we want to talk to the experts, you know, on TV and all. I don't know why they just don't have me on, probably because they themselves wouldn't understand what I'm talking about, possibly. And, you know, like I said before, you know, I'm watching, uh, let me think, you know, um, Frank Thomas, um, who else was there, Uh, Big Pappy, of course, and Alex Rodriguez, and none of them had two strike strokes, and I'm not sure in their careers they were always in the correct style either. That would be something else I would have to review a little bit more. And what I mean by that is there may have been things that could have been done for all three of those hitters that would have made them better with two strikes and before two strikes. Now, you might say, yeah, how can you say that? Well, um, it's it's fun to say it in a way because it's true. It's mathematically true. You know, uh, it's probably the best way to say it, you know. Um, Anyway, to continue on, uh, I think that this podcast can somewhat, you know, not a ton of it, because I don't want to really get into all this. I'd like to do parts of baseball, all all sorts of parts of baseball. And as a matter of fact, me and a good friend of mine, Seth Ferdinand, met last week about uh, doing some, you know, expanding this into different subjects a little bit, maybe possibly doing uh, some different things as well. Um, that have to do with baseball and kids playing baseball. and when I say kids, I mean young men too, you know, not just little kids, but men as well. Ted Williams League you know plays players five to fifty, <laughs> so big kids, right? But um I did want to bring this up because I'm watching the games and it dawned on me that I don't think that the average fan or even the average coach, Um, At any level Really understands the combination Of talent, technique And statistics So I do want to say some things to you Um, Let's say, let's take a look at game number three And we could pretty much conclude that most of the game It's a one-run ball game, right? Okay, so And I'm not going to pick the innings or the outs and all But I want to see if any of these things ring a bell to you you know, uh, runner on first and third, you, you're down by one run, you got two strikes on you, and you don't have a two-strike stroke. Is one out, and all you have to do, the infield is set up in double play depth. Now, that's important for you to understand. That means that the infield's not in. They're not going to try to cut the run down at home. You know, they have decided for where we are in the game that they're going to try to turn two. That means that runner on third is free to go home because the defense doesn't want anything to do with them. they got one out they're going to try to turn two and get out of the inning. All we need is a ground ball, arguably, to the second baseman or the shortstop or a weak ground ball on the right side of the field. And we've got a tie game unless they can turn two. And we don't have a two-strike stroke. Now, <laughs> that's important because to me that's just plumb dumb. I mean, you know, so what do you, you going to lay for the three-run homer? Guess what? Strike three, and you're still down by one. Oh, we'll get him next inning? You only get nine. <laughs> uh, you know, um, most times. So, it, it just doesn't make sense. So, how about the bases loaded? No two-strike stroke. You know, uh, man on second, two outs. We don't have a two-strike stroke. Just push that ball, a little single into the outfield. Strike three, big swing, or how about looking, you know, another thing, too, you know, you're not being sure, should I swing, should I not swing, because you're, you know, you're, you're shooting from three-point land, and this, you know, that game was up for grabs, in my opinion, for nine innings, now you can say, of course it was, well, I'm not really, I don't, I know, of course it is, of course somebody can go, you we know, hit back-to-back homers and tie it up two to two, I understand that. I'm saying on an average. I'm, I'm saying that statistics are compiled by talent and technique. If you follow what I'm saying. So on an average, we had a much better chance of winning that game. If the technique, and we haven't even got to the talented part. We're talking about some of the most talented men, men in the world. If you shorten up their strokes and they understand a two-strike stroke, they are going to hit the ball. They are going to hit the ball Now the pressure is on the defense Not on did I, should I swing Not on the umpire to make the call And there were some calls that If we watch the game That I think were out of the zone Well with a two strike stroke Now listen to this one One of three things might have happened Number one The player might have chose To swing at the pitch Because it was so close He was afraid to let it go but the difference between him missing the ball would have been he put it in play because he's got a smaller, more controlled, more finessive swing. can put the bat on the ball because it's shorter, it's smaller, it's stronger, it's quicker. Okay? So that's one thing that could happen. The other thing that could have happened is... Um, he could have took the pitch because he was had more time because he got a shorter, sh- quicker swing. Can let it come a little deeper. Nope, that's no strike. Ball. Now he walks or whatever, so on and so forth. Um, and the other thing could have been he could have laid a a, a a knock on it, as Johnny Gomes would say. And he might have you know doubled into the you know one of the gaps. But without a two-strike stroke, he was left. Rolling big dice You know, really Taking a chance Too big of a chance, in my opinion For his team And all these fans And all in his paycheck And everything that this is supposed to be You know, I, I, I listened to the promo And you know, it's major, you know <laughs> Major You know, it's ridiculous I do not I don't see it You know, it doesn't make sense to me You know uh, yeah, I I wonder what it would like to have a Chad Cobb being uh, you know a play to play guy. <laughs> you have to security, you have to drag him out of there. He he would be like, what is that? What are you doing? Um, anyway, um, I wanted to bring that up because those situations were happening in the game, and if you now can understand, because it's one thing to say, oh you know we need two strike stroke, we need to hit in style, blah, 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 and kind of explain it, but it's another thing to maybe look at the game and see, okay, this is what Steve Ferroli is saying, that this does not make sense. You know, are you going to take a three-point shot at a point, at a pot in, in a place in the game where it makes more sense just to get the ball inside and go up with something small and maybe get fouled? You, you're going to get the ball into your center. You know, I'm going to an obviously to another game, you know, are you going to, you know, throw a bomb when you just need a couple of yards in football? Are you going to, you know, uh, I don't know, I'm not the greatest hockey guy in the world, but, you know, I, you know you, are you are going to be ready to try to get that rebound and tuck it past the goalie, or are you or you're not going to be? You know, that short stuff is important. Or back to golf, you're going to bring your driver to the green? This is what's happening, doesn't make sense. So now, um, you know, the point I wanted to make, the conclusion of this is, what happens when the most talented men in the world have a two-strike stroke? Here's my answer. More baseball, more excitement, Um, uh, uh, better baseball, Uh, more double plays, more plays at the plate, more plays at third. You know, more close plays at first I just think I think it's 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 draining the game And we got enough home runs God, we know that We figured that one out, huh? <laughs> now that everybody <laughs> Realized how to swing slightly up Okay, I'm going to bounce over To another A similar subject So Let's go to style And really have some fun You know Um Uh This I identified several styles years ago, back in 1986, in a book called Disciple of a Master. It was my first book on hitting that Ted Williams forwarded. And um, I said, there is a a pull hitter, a power pull hitter. There is a middleman. There is a power middleman. There is a singles hitter. And there is an opposite field hitter. I identified those five styles. Now, what those styles mean is that the batter, considering his intelligence and his physical makeup, would be placed in one of those styles by someone who knows what they're doing, by the way. It really shouldn't be them, because they often can't see themselves. Uh, this is my <laughs> my, my complaint, um, and maybe they, you know, maybe they see themselves as, in their minds' eye, as being the type of hitter they should not be. If you know what I mean, you know, I I I always would I would love to be able to handle the ball in basketball as a point guard, but I couldn't. I wasn't good enough. Could I dribble the ball? Of course I could. Could I handle it as a point guard? No. Not, not as well as other guys that I played with that would be fantastic at it. I was a forward. That was my job. That was my style. And that's where I belonged. Can I go there and horse around with it in a pickup game? Of course I can. Uh, this is what I'm saying. But if I want to be to my potential the best I can be at the level that I played basketball, I was a forward. Period. End of discussion. This is what's missing That's not the case Is Altuve a power pull hitter? Ah, uh, Maybe, maybe not I have to say no Is Mookie Betts a power pull hitter? I have to say no Because I don't think in the, in the eyes of an expert That they're benefiting themselves Or their team To the degree they could I don't think they'll score They'll account for as many runs scored as power pull hitters, as they would as what I call middlemen, which is the style I think those two gentlemen both are. Now, do they know how to do it? Or? Probably not. And, you know, they can't really be blamed for that either. Can Can they see it? Probably not. And I think the tendency in Major League Baseball is to go with what got you there. And if yeah, me or you were there, we'd probably do the same thing, right? I mean, it's like, hey, you know, I'm not, this is this is a nice life, I'm not going to take any chances, which is why I complimented um, Martinez, uh, J.D. Martinez, for doing all the work that he did, I, again, I still think there's some work to be done there, I think he's got more in the can, so there's more he could do, but he may not be aware of it, and might not understand how to do it, um, but I do think he was on the right track. So, why this conversation about style? Well, I don't think that we have seen a lineup in baseball that has their hitters in proper style and also has a two-strike stroke. This is what pitching has done a phenomenal job with. You know, it used to be, you know, they'd look to seven seven innings out of a guy. Years ago, a guy would go nine. I can remember those years when I was a kid. guy would go nine in the in the talk before that was some guys would go nine and start the next game you know this story is like that too but today it's you know five you know we're praying for five <laughs> you know so my point being is we'll get a started put it in five then we go to this guy and we go to that guy and we and we you know pitch by committee with the bullpen throughout the game for the win well that's brilliant you know well, the combat of that <laughs> to combat pitching would be because if you it, let's be very clear about this, I don't think hitting is at a high point at all. I really don't see that. You know, I mean, I, I don't know. I think, you know, what's, you know, um, Big Pappy's lifetime average? You know, my I don't know. I'm not a fan. My guess would be somewhere, you know, two. 85 or something would be my guess. You know, that's a long way from 344. Uh, and, you know, uh, <laughs> and part of the reason is a two-strike stroke. There's no question about it. No question about it. So I don't think hitting, I don't think we're seeing a ga- as good of a game as we could. And, and, and you know, I, I don't know who's to blame. I'm not really blaming anybody. I'm just... You know, if I had to blame somebody, I'd blame the invention of television, which is a story for another time. Um, I'm not going to go into it now, but, you know, the learning environment of hitting changed dramatically with the invention of television. And um, to make a long story short, you basically had high school and college coaches preparing guys before they signed into professional baseball. And then it ended up being more like a, a melding pot of technique rather than hey, we're going to teach you how to hit from the ground up. And, you know, years ago, a guy might, you know, when there were 16 teams in the minor league, or that's short, more than that, way back, you know, the Yankees might have 22 teams underneath them. You know, people don't realize that. And there was minor league baseball all over the country, and guys would have day jobs and play baseball at night and all sorts of It was very different, but I think guys learned how to hit in a different way than they do today. Um, So um, I don't think it's anyone's fault, but I think there's a much higher level that we have not seen yet. Baseball has not worked hard enough or has not evolved enough to do what I'm talking about. If you've got a lineup where everyone is in style the way I would define it and using logical technique, which they're on to, they are on to, You know how to swing and they have two strike strokes you got yourself something very interesting and by the way while we're on this subject old ted used to say something all the time he used to say the pitcher is the dumbest guy in the ballpark and i can see him saying it too he's as hard headed and he'd go on and on he's as dumb as they come he's gonna do what he does and that's it well, I disagree with Ted, and I'll tell you why. I think the dumbest guy in the ballpark is the agent. And the reason I say that is because if you got a boy that's playing in the minor leagues or the major leagues and he's struggling, and you haven't found your way to me, you are the dumbest guy in the ballpark. Let me be very clear about that, especially, especially what's been going on in the last 15 years. If you're going to adopt that style of hit, oh, I'm sorry, that technique of hitting, you know, your launch angle and exit velocity, which is really just the Ted Williams theory, and you haven't found your way to Steve Ferroli, shame on you. And I've made some calls at times. I made the Jackie Bradley Jr. call because I loved him. I thought he was a great center fielder. And here's a guy that was talked about in the same conversation with Joe DiMaggio a couple of years ago, chasing the streak. And all of a sudden he's struggling Well I, I called his agent tell him, I can, I'll fix him before I finish a large Dunkin Donuts coffee And I meant it too Never heard back I said to hell with you I'll never call you again And this is the thing So anyway um, And there's a little bit of a rant there But um, I mean it you know, Because well, yeah, here's how I see it let's, go, let's, let's jump gears here So let's say I work for the agent And Jackie Bradley Jr. I get him squared away you know, and I I don't watch it because I get so frustrated. Why I'm saying, gee, you know, this this is really simple. You, there's some things you don't understand here that are very simple, and I'll get to one in a minute. And what what frustrates me is that what I would do with this money is put most of it to the Ted Williams League. And another point of all this is that when I watch the TV, often the next day. Or the same day, I'll be around young players anywhere, you know, say um, from 12 to, you know, 20 years old. And they're going on, or or even older than that, 12 to 20, 30 years old, anywhere in the middle. And they're going on about what they saw on TV, and I'm kind of hearing it, and I'm listening to their opinion on it, and how they see it. And I'm like, and I'll maybe make a comment to them, and they just look back at me, they really don't understand what it is I'm saying, you know, I'll say something like, well, you know, if he had a two-strike stroke, they might have stayed in that game, you know, uh, usually a certain certain situation, certain player, or I'll say something like, you know, you know, maybe he shouldn't try to pull the ball so much, and they they just kind of look at me. They don't really understand. So my point being is that they look at Major League Baseball and say, this is the way it is. This is how we do it. And it makes my job, not just mine, but other coaches as well that um, are affected by what is being seen on television as gospel when it's it's anything but. Um, okay, so let's take. let's go to an example that I was just talking about um, I'm going to jump over to game two And one of the things I really like And I am going to try to I think I have this boy, uh, this guy's name right But Jose Quirty, uh Or Yurdy U- I believe that's how you say it Man, here's what I liked about this guy This guy, first of all Had a very short deliv- deliberate motion Okay and what that does is strains stride timing even more than it already is strained. Now, stride timing is the first level of timing, and you have to understand it. You have to understand it thoroughly. And it has to be executed as much as, there's no different than you bring the cleats, your cleats to the game or your glove. It's got to be there, and it's got to be there all the time. Uh, Jose, up you know, sets it up quick, gets rid of it, boom, dot thrower, threw three different pitches wherever he wanted to throw them, he also, you know, commanded his pitches, and what I mean by that is his tempo, he was kind of like, you know, kind of like Rocky Marciano used to box, he was always coming at you, not a lot of flitting around and, you know, horsing around the mound, give me the ball back, I used to see this in Chris Sale, love, something I really like, give me the thing, And I'm going to throw it again. You know, again, I'm not, I don't watch a lot because I get discouraged by it. But when I do, I, oh yeah, I like that. And this guy did a fantastic job of that. And he also did something else. He also kept his fastball high in the zone with this um, shortened motion. Up and whoosh, it's on you. And then you put that up in the zone. Well, guess what? You know, you're not getting on the bus on time. And that's exactly what he did to them So I was really impressed with him Another thing That that shortened Or short Shorter motion Does And commanding the pitches You know you know, Not putting so much time Between your pitches so It doesn't give the hitter A lot of time to think And uh, that's good pitching Because a good hitter is going to think a little bit And if you give him a few extra seconds He might make the right thought You know, sometimes hitters are confused You know, in their decision making They're like, okay, you know, what to do, what to do And I'm not going to go into that right now But I remember there'd be times at the plate And I'd say, oh boy, you know, okay what, what, what What's going on here now? You know, this is before two strikes Not during two strikes And, you know, if the pitcher was ready to pitch, that made things more difficult for me because I hadn't decided what it was that I was going to prepare for. So anyway, those are a couple of things that I I wanted to point out. And, um, you know, if you do not understand stride timing, um, then you're going to have a lot more difficulty with someone like your than if you do. And, you know, you can, this is something you can be prepared for. Uh, all pitching motions are different. All pitching motions are different. And you have to be able to hit off of all of them. And that's funny because when I think about pitching, and I don't want to talk too much about pitching because uh, hitting needs the help more than pitching does, in my opinion. Um, but uh, someday, I, I, I'm sworn to secrecy. I was listening to a, a conversation one time with one of the greatest pitchers that ever pitched in Major League Baseball, and he said something. I said, oh, boy, listen to that. It, it chills me to the bone. I said, I'm never going to talk about that. And I'm, I, I, I won't do it. But there was something that was said one time. And it's funny because I never heard it again. And uh, one, I heard a pitcher interviewed and he made a comment that really chilled me when he said it. You know, that I, you know sometimes I do this. And I said, oh, listen to that. Boy, I never heard that before. But I'm going to keep that secret and you can try to figure it out if you want. But good luck because it's a tough one. So we've got plans to do our second mobile podcast. We're going to try to go down to um, West Yarmouth and uh, visit my college coach, Coach Brown, who actually got me my job at Ted Williams Camp. I'm going to try to do a uh, a mobile or remote podcast. And he has a gentleman down there. He's in a, an assisted living um facility uh, down at the Mayflower uh, facility in uh, West Yarmouth, and there's also one of his um, uh, buddies there was a Ted Williams camp uh, junior counselor so we're going to try to go down there for our next podcast Uh, like I said on the road a road trip (laughs) to uh, interview Coach Brown and his buddy and uh, talk about the old Ted Williams camp, which would really be fun. I'm going to have to make sure that the Ted Williams camp alumni is made aware of this, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. My uh, my buddy Charlie has uh, been working on getting all our, our microphones ready to roll, and we're going to take a shot at it. So that'll be our next podcast. Uh, we've wrapped up the fall season pretty much. We've got a couple of days left Uh, We had the wind blowing here for a while, but uh, it seems to have calmed down. And I think it's a wrap. I hope you have enjoyed this podcast of Ted Williams League Headquarters. Please visit our website, Ted Williams Baseball League, and email us for any comments or questions you'd like to address in this podcast. Hey, I'm Steve Furley from Hanson, Massachusetts. Get a good pitch to hit. To spark up all my fun. Days at the playground or right out in the street. Baseball made life complete.